0: Thank you for listening to CFB Talks Digital Assets. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. It is not intended nor should it be considered an invitation or inducement to buy or sell any of the underlying instruments cited, including but not limited to crypto assets, financial instruments, or any instruments that reference any index provided by CF Benchmarks Limited. This recording is not intended to persuade or incite you to buy or sell a security or securities noted within. Any commentary, interviews, and discussions are opinions only and should not be considered a personalized recommendation. Please contact your financial advisor or professional before making any investment decision. Some of the underlying instruments cited within this recording may be restricted to certain customer categories in certain jurisdictions.
1: You're listening to CFB Talks Digital Assets, the home of informed conversation about crypto for institutions building the future of finance, presented by CF Benchmarks. I'm Ken O'Deliger, Head of Content, and I'm joined by Gabe Selby, our Lead Research Analyst. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of CFB Talks Digital Assets. And it's a particularly special one today. We have the CEO of the firm that launched the first cryptocurrency ETF. This firm, of course, is uh, hashtags, and it's based out of Sao Paulo in Brazil. That ETF was launched in uh, 2020 in Bermuda, and then in Sao Paulo a year later. That was just the beginning of their track record. It's not an an exaggeration to say that um, they're amongst the leading crypto-native investment management firms in the world, and certainly the largest in terms of assets under management in Brazil, focusing on DeFi, Web3, and of course, the major large caps, Bitcoin and Ether most of these assets strike their net asset value against indices which are either calculated by or benchmark-administrated by uh, CF benchmarks. As you can imagine, we're particularly stoked to have the CEO, Marcelo Sampayo with us today um, and his expertise, un- unmatched expertise in the market. So, uh, Marcelo, uh, very, very pleased to have you on board.
2: Thank you so much, Ken. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: And of course, um, not only myself, um, our lead research analyst, Gabe, is part of the conversation too. So yeah, let's kick things off. Marcelo, one of the most interesting things I, I saw recently was um, the some um, Outlook webinar, which I believe was actually broadcast a few days ago. And there were a few points um, raising that which were particularly uh, striking. Well, I think, you know, because you're pretty unique as a practitioner, one of the most experienced practitioners um, within the crypto space that is also an investment practitioner as well and a crypto native one. What are your top key takeaways for the outlook of 2023 going forward?
2: Well, there is so much there, but basically uh, what I think is worth pointing out is that most people or investors out there, like they have been thinking that um, 2022 was a bad year in general. You know, and like, and obviously like because of the FTX blow ups, you know, like Luna's and so on, right? Price tanked and like, and so on. But actually like it was a great year for crypto in so many ways. Basically everything in crypto improved, like got better, like literally you know, like the technology keep, keeps progressing, like regulation keeps, you know, like coming, you know, like uh, depending on the countries, you know, like, but actually like it's coming together in a number of jurisdictions adoption is growing like basically everything is getting better but ultimately we have like as an industry like as a nascent industry like uh, this craze that happens you know, like uh, whenever we go to especially centralized projects you know, like that's uh, what has been failing not the technology itself But for crypto you know like it has been a tremendous year and and 2023 is very likely you know, like we should expect bigger things
1: absolutely i mean clearly one of the most salient things for most people both within the space and also outside of the space whether this is an informed opinion or not, um, is that maybe the regulatory piece needs a great deal of attention. Do you see that attention? I mean, I think uh, you'll be aware, you know, the discussion that you had on the webinar was with our CEO, uh, Sui Chung. Uh, His view is that the regulatory piece accelerates in 2023 because of the implosions that we had, uh, you know, of uh, FTX most recently. Rather than puts people off, obviously, and that would most likely bring more players into the industry. But is that your view, or how do you see that working out?
2: Absolutely. If you can say one good side of FTX, uh, and again, not trying to say it was—it's—it's uh, it's absolutely painful for the industry, actually, for investors who lost a lot. Like, I'm not trying to make this a good thing, but also, there are positive aspects of that, and and maybe like the most positive is that it. it, it Puts you know like an enormous uh, pressure on the regulators, especially in America, to to come with long weighted rules. You know like not restrictive rules necessarily because crypto is a technology. Like we said, like you know, like crypto you know, like still progressing. It's just like I, I, I like to point to Enron, right? I mean when Enron exploded, electricity kept working perfectly. You know like had well, nothing to do with that, right? So that's so it's crypto after FTX. But it, you know we expect that regulators you know like um, um, come you know like together and and bring you know like rules that will help this market uh, to be organized and developed. Uh, I truly think that uh, if there is one positive contribution that FTX will do for this industry, will be that, and we should expect that you know, like to happen. Not in a you know like in in is the new future near future you know, like because FTX like is is super involved with all the political scene you know, like in America. So anyway, we should should get to see some some new stuff coming like soon hopefully
1: that's absolutely it makes a great deal of sense but um an additional point on following on from that clearly ftx to a very large extent was not necessarily as you've pointed out earlier was not necessarily a crypto problem you know the ftx misdemeanors such as we're aware of they are uh, at this stage clearly there's a lot um, more that's going to come out there's going you know, to very likely be a litigation process as well going forward. So we have some caution in our views and how we speak about it. But a lot of what we know about FTX so far was really almost like a, a conventional counterparty failure. And the type of malfeasance that you might see in any sort of financial counterparty has got absolutely nothing to do with crypto. So if you, if you think about it in that way, is there anything that regulations that we might have maybe in a year's time that we don't have now, could they actually, do to have, to have solved it or to, to have prevented it?
2: The issue is always transparency, you see. And actually, ironically, very ironically, uh, blockchains and crypto or Web3 to, to give this transparency, you know, like through open source and through you know, like public blockchains. But in the short term, I would say that we'll have to rely on the governments, like and the regulators, to actually force or enforce this transparency along the, the, the centralized players. Uh, if this had been around, very likely we would have seen this crazy situation, you know, like with FTX because like uh, they could not have done what they, I mean, what one like for, for all that long, at least, you know, like, so, yeah. So re- regulation will provide this transparency in the short term, long term, you know, like uh, it should probably be through native web tree networks.
1: We would absolutely agree with that of course. It's refreshing to actually, you know, hear you say all this stuff because it's, you know, it's, Essentially, at bottom, there's a positivity and our optimism about it. So, you know, let's talk about crypto. Let's talk about protocols. Let's talk about what is, in your mind, something that's really promising, maybe a little bit nearer term than far off that you've got your eye on that we can perhaps look at for next year in terms of a protocol that uh, is something that people, that could catch a lot of attention. It's interesting, you know, like our approach
2: is never to say a protocol specifically, especially because it's it's so hard to predict what's going to work. Sure, sure, sure. With that said, you know, like we like some specific theses or themes, you know, like um, and other than and Bitcoin alone, like uh, we can definitely point at least like these three, you know, like which I would say that Web three or all the world of smart contracts that we've seen so much happening last two years, you know, like um, especially like a number of blockchains like Solana, Polkadot, so on, trying to to fix the stuff that, that Ethereum was uh, or they thought was delayed or would not solve, you know, like but now I think Ethereum is back to the graces, I guess, you know, like after the merge. But Web three is a big one, like smart talk, smart contracts. I think there is nothing that tangible. You know, like for the industry, like to, to, to actually address so or to solve so many problems. So, Web3 is one. Uh, DeFi, which is maybe the double click uh, or the first big use case for, for smart contracting, like is another one. Maybe what I would say is that DeFi, uh, through a number of blockchain solving, uh, solving a number of different problems, uh, will be more and more integrated to traditional finance and actually will become a very powerful tool to all the banks out there, all the brokers out there to actually, you know, like provide better service or services that were not even possible before for their, their clients, right? And to end with, I would say that um, all the NFT world, you know, like, and we could go to so many directions, but NFTs, you know, like in the sense of pretty much like digitalizing, you know, like the material world, you know. not
1: necessarily, like, not necessarily art then, no, it could be could be anything because NFT is just a non-fungible token. Doesn't necessarily have to have an aesthetic. Function, so I think that's what you're referring to.
2: It's not that it's in you know, like just super close to happen, but it's on its way. It's identity, you know. It's very hard to think that in 2023 already, you know, like we still have passwords, we still have social security numbers in U.S. and something else in Europe or something else in Latin America or Brazil, whatever. How come we don't have like this unified identity that actually can do so much more than just prove that you are you? You know, like it can just be. Let's say like a wallet. Then, then actually, will account for everything you are or you have or, anyways, and like uh, you, we can imagine the future. But NFTs will allow you know, like uh, a true digital identity to happen in a global level, and that's one use case for NFTs. We have so many, right? Get stuck with the art thing, um, uh, which is great. You know, like, but it's just like. A very like little
1: chapter of the story, right? Absolutely. And um, this reminds me of a conversation I've had with you, Gabe, as well, recently, in terms of the um, sort of trends that possibly showing some glimmers in terms of the sort of like returns profile of some of um, our portfolio indices. Um, and even if not necessarily something, necessarily that, um, certainly stuff that you've maybe noticed. Um, what are the sort of, maybe I should say, more like categories, maybe CF. Uh, DAX categories, the uh, CF digital asset classification structure categories that could perhaps see some sort of like um, ascendance in 2023 because of their use cases, because of their use cases um, showing some demand in your view.
0: A lot of the stuff that we're seeing, I think, in the scaling side is going to just kind of continue to grow, I think, in 2023. Marcel, you, you briefly kind of hinted at this. And um, there's a lot of, I think, Material constraints that some of these layer one blockchains we're dealing with, and the technology on the scaling side has just been kind of extraordinary in addressing these these shortfall kind of bandwidth uh, issues. What that does, I think, in the long term, is open up the possibility for more real world use cases. So when you start thinking the adoption of meta, the metaverse, Web three um nfts you know being minted it's it's just going to kind of streamline and make, make that way more efficient so these are some of the things that i'm excited about i also want to say you know with DeFi, it's it's very easy to take what we saw last month with the forex uh swap that we saw with the singaporean central bank and just kind of extrapolate out the possibilities of you know what more tokenized assets can bring to society. So if you think of equities or fixed income being tokenized and in the fact that you could get these settlement times uh way down, that's something that is is just going to help push financial services further into the future. So these are kind of like these mega trends that you know we we're, we're going to kind of I'm kind of like preluding our our outlook for 2023, but it's um it's it's definitely an exciting time. One thing I wanted to ask Marcelo just to kind of get his thoughts where for these potential investors that are kind of on the fence about, you know, jumping into the crypto world or uh, investing, what are some, you know, key uh, things that you would like to just kind of address or, you know, we, we, we've had so much, I think negative headlines, like you were saying, that have kind of, I think, overshadowed some of the positive developments. And so as someone who's, I think a lot closer to the end client than we are here at cfp it's just always interesting to get your thoughts on this what i would say is this most investors you know like they they try
2: to price crypto in this specific time say oh now it's cheap now it's expensive you know like or this thing is dead or and it's interesting because what what we try to 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 talk them into is that guys you know like it's not about certainty it's about possibilities right and and the truth is nobody knows this point in time, how much crypto is worth? What we can say is this from the stuff we know, from, from the use cases that exist, right? You have this new platform that just for the stuff that exists now, you know, like if, you know, like uh, one specific blockchain, and we have like a few cases that we can point to, you know, like they just pretty much, you know, like capture a fraction, you know, like of this current industry or market. It's so much bigger than it is now, right? That, uh, is already worth for you to have a small location to actually follow that from the inside. But the truth is generally is not that's not how technology works right? Generally whenever you know like a technology captures this fraction or, or you know, like or disrupt even this market, it inputs uh, so much productivity in the system that uh, it should be an order of magnitude or should make this whatever market you know like an order of magnitude larger than it is today. You know, like I just like to point to like from previous you know, like disruptive tax like uh, and a very simple one is the email compare you know, like if I came to people say look we're gonna replace handwritten letters to this new thing like the email and people say yeah you're like what is the size of this market you're like okay you're like but the truth is because you have now email you're gonna send so many more so much more messages than actually you used to write with your hands you like because you like this is so much more productive so you can take basically any case so if Bitcoin ends up being Really a uh, viable store of value over time, a digital store of value, you know, like uh, very likely the store of value market will grow a lot because a number of people, institutions will just use store of value in ways that they never could before. If smart contracts end up being a thing, and I mean, this one is tending to 1% to actually be big in the future, and, oh my God, you know, like how much productivity do you put in whatever side of this? Are we talking about apps? Are we talking about a legal system? Are we talking about Anything, right? I mean, it's so much bigger. It's emails versus handwritten hand letters. So, for an investors, we don't know how the future will look like. It's very hard to say how much this thing is going to value. But you know, like the potential is so huge that every single portfolio. I'm talking about my grandmother. I'm talking about the pension fund. You know, like the entire range. They should start having a very little allocation. You know, like very long because it's going to be very volatile. Again. The, the price is not knowing about how much it's worth, right? So that's why, you like, really, like, there is the, the the potential price out there, like at the end of the line. So, so the thing is, everybody should have that, and you should stop this discussion that FTX imploded or this or that. You know, like, or now is expensive or now it's too cheap. Let me buy. It. I mean, just buy and hold for a very long time. And that's why we like so much like the idea of indices, right? If you have a really, you know, like a thesis around smart contracts, great. Have a smart contracts index. You know, like we're gonna serve you that, like. With you guys You're know, like uh, if you want to have like literally like you just want to be invested in crypto great we have an index for that too like it's the beta of the market which is not bitcoin at this point anymore at least so so anyways you know, like, as an investor like don't try to say this is gonna be dead or this is gonna be or it's gonna be this blockchain have a first exposure to the market and then you go from there absolutely
1: it's um this is exactly why we uh we like to have uh people like yourselves but especially yourself obviously Marcelo Uh, On Because it gives us that perspective, which we're not able to articulate necessarily ourselves um, as a benchmark administrator. Now, we've got to that part of the sort of podcast that we normally like to give a sort of price check of some major uh, cryptos in focus. And of course, we usually start with the OG uh, Bitcoin and um, the CME CF Bitcoin reference rate, or more particularly, its um, real-time version, the CME CF Bitcoin real-time index. Uh, That's trading at $17,909, up about 2.7%, so a little bit higher on the day. Its Ether counterpart, the CME-CF Ether dollar uh, real-time index, is trading up 3.4% at $1,339. And another crypto in focus, MATIC, aka Polygon, uh, in focus because of that um, DeFi trade, one of the first live DeFi trades that um, JP Morgan was involved in. Uh, That's trading at about 93.4 cents, up about 2.2% on the day. Marcelo, you're almost touching on a kind of network effects type valuation concept. I don't want to say methodology it's a bit too specific, but concept in terms of how people should perhaps view the um, cryptocurrency industry. Is that something that you'd like to promote a little bit more for a broader sort of a, a sort of a consumption as an institution yourself, and you're dealing with a lot of institutions in the market, generally speaking, there's not so much a difficulty in terms of conveying how you should view the market, how you should perhaps value the opportunity. But um, in terms of individuals, consumers, and broader adoption in general, do you think promoting this network effect type valuation concept for the cryptocurrency industry would be a fruitful lever to push?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, you know, uh, an alternative, let's let's say, because it captures like a number of variables, you know, like that uh, anyone should be following, right? That comes from adoption in the, the network, TUT and so on. But often I like to remind that uh, valuation methods are like really consensus basis, right? And, and generally we tend to forget that. We tend to think that things like DCF, they were born with those in you know, like, I always ask people, say, like, did options have crisis before black controls? Like, and obviously it had, right? Uh, generally, this is something that comes uh, from the academia, you know, uh, or starts most of the time in the academia. You have like some people coming and say, yeah, you like so this specific asset, you know, like, uh, how about to like we'll try to sell this, and this right. in this way and that way? And it started resonating with some other people and then eventually gets to the market and it gets mainstream as a consensus. It's a way to see things, right? And which a lot of people see in that way, and that forced the market to actually try to optimize for that. But the thing is, you know, like uh, we don't have those consensus, and at least until now in crypto, we have many proposals. You brought one, you know, like which honestly I think is one of the good out there. But we don't have that, you know, like at least like spread out in, like in the market in a way that say, yeah, that's the way we're doing this. Or you, you could be a value investor say that's the way I see it, and eventually the market will. We'll catch up, like, but but eventually, you know, like, we don't have that happening in the open market right now. I think these books are yet to be written, uh, uh, to be very honest, and that's why you know generally being long is the only way to go for most investors, unless you are really devoting your life into crypto and you have a very specific skill set, you know, like in tools in order to work with. In the everyday trading base. but but anyways, uh, so so I think it's a good one.
1: Yeah, we're coming up to uh, towards the end of uh, our chat now. Unfortunately, one final thing which I would like to ask Marcelo is: um, what are the top line roadmap points or goals that you'd like to hit for hashtags in 2023? So
2: for us here, our play it's like like we told you like know, like to provide all kinds of investors from institutions to actually like retail investors, like the best products out there and with investment thesis that they can understand, like without needing, at least at first, like to be specialists, right? So you might not necessarily have an opinion about proof of work or Bitcoin, or like if proof of work is going to be bitten by in like proof of stake, I don't know, but you might have, you know, like an opinion said, okay, you know, like crypto might be a thing in the future. I want to be exposed that's easier at this point in time. So we provide the best way for people to do that. Uh, we can go to Tematics and like, and like we said, Defy, like we have all these products out there. So 2023, what we gotta do is uh, keep launching very innovative solid products to the markets we're already in. But the coolest thing is that we, we will take you know, like this top products that we have, the best sellers we have now, and we'll be taking to other geographies. So Europe for us is next. Uh, is already happening, but it's where we're gonna invest a lot of our time and resources. In 2023, uh, to actually take, you know, like uh, pretty much, like to do well done in Latin America, which made us the largest player in the region, to actually to Europe too. So yeah, so uh, that, that that's you know, like one of the coolest things I think we're gonna do. New products, but most importantly, increasing like our presence in new geos. You know, uh, that really are striving to have like great products, like the ones we 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 believe we have.
1: Wonderful. And Marcelo Sempano, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure. It's been informative. It's been everything that we actually thought it would be and a little bit more. I'm going to ask you before we sign off whether you will come back on again. Not too soon. We're not going to take up that much more of your time. But uh, please do come back again if at all possible.
2: Anytime. I mean, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Like, just invite, invite me back and I'll,
1: I'll be here. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks guys for listening to another episode of CFB Talks uh, Digital Assets. I'm Ken and I've been uh, joined by uh, Lead Research Analyst Gabe Selby and of course Marcelo. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you very much.